This is Black and Gold Rush, the podcast where we talk about all angles of New Orleans Saints football. I'm your host, Rachel Jones, and I've been a Saints fan all my life, so I know just how much this team means to our city, both as a former reporter and from my season ticket in Section 257. Whether it's breaking down game tape or telling an inspiring off-the-field story, I'm here for it because the Saints bring us together. Let's get going. What's going on, Houdat Nation? Welcome back to Black and Gold Rush. We've come to the final episode of our six-part series on the Saints draft picks, telling their stories and doing our best to predict how they'll impact the Saints. Today, we're going to South Alabama and taking a look at wide receiver Kawan Baker with the voice of the Jaguars, J.T. Crabtree. I'm telling you, not many people have the -the behind-the-scenes knowledge of these radio broadcasters, several whom I've interviewed in this series, Jeremy Branham at Houston, Troy Clarity at Stanford, and J.T. did not disappoint. He recalled how they saw Kawan as an athletic guy from Atlanta, yes, Atlanta, who went from a do-it-all utility guy to a pro-bodied wide receiver in his college career. He prides himself on breaking tackles, what he can do after contact. So keep an eye on that. Now, you might be wondering, Why devote an entire episode to a seventh-round pick who may not even make the Saints' final roster? Well, a couple of reasons. Informed Saints fans probably noticed the similarity in draft positioning between Baker and former Saints receiver, the legendary Marcus Colston, just three spots apart in the seventh round. And we know all that Colston achieved in his remarkable career. Now, I'm not saying Kwan Baker is the next Marcus Colston by any means. It's just A, an interesting parallel, and B, evidence of the Saints trying to develop another late-round receiver talent. But we'll see. He did have some issues with drops that he needs to fix as a pro, and JT and I do talk about that in the episode. Zach Streif was also a seventh-round pick. An article by Amy Joost of The Advocate came out this week quoting Zach, where he said he was prepared to not make the team back in 06, but assistant coach Terry Malone noticed how hard he was working, and that was a turning point for Zach's mindset. So we'll see how strong these late rounders are mentally. And the second reason is because this podcast is about way more than on-field storylines. We want to know what defines these Saints players, what kind of people they are. We've seen some common themes in this Saints draft class. Intelligence and instinctiveness come to mind right away. In Baker's case, JT tells us he's one of the most quiet guys you'll ever find. Similar to Paulson Adebo, wanting to let his play speak for him. And how about this? On the field, his nickname was Kawan Baker, the touchdown maker. So how often will he find the end zone as a saint? Will we see him in the slot or out wide? Can he find a role on special teams right away? 
As you can see, we've got some questions to answer. Real quick before we dive in, we're going to take a two-week break after this episode. New episodes will return on June 21st. Now, let's get to know KB the person and KB the player with South Alabama's own JT Crabtree. JT, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Glad you can have me on, Rachel. Looking forward to talking some Saints, and especially when it involves our guy, Kawan Baker. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. We were talking that he stole the show at South Alabama's Pro Day. We will certainly get into that. And he was the Saints' final selection in the 2021 draft. The Saints were planning on signing him as a free agent, but then got to make his his draft even more special. So Baker is the South Alabama record holder in receiving yards and touchdowns, which is outstanding. But JT, what is he like as a person off the field? He is maybe the most quiet athlete you will find anywhere. Um, He is one of the most unassuming guys you'll find. He actually, I remember the first day of fall camp, this past football season, myself and two of our sports information directors were talking to him. He was lined up, getting ready to talk to the press. And he kind of looked at both or all three of us and said, do I really have to do this? Said, yeah, you're, you're going to go pro. You're going to be doing a lot more of this. And he said, okay, well, what can I do to improve? What can I do here? What are they going to ask me? And, and things like that. Um, very quiet guy, um, especially on the field. Um, he, he lets us play do all the talking for him. But what's funny is, you know, being on the administrative side as I am, we've been told by the coaches and some of the other players that he's one of the funniest guys you'll find away from football. Now we don't get to see that a lot, but um, on the field, very quiet, very to himself on the sidelines, you know, going from the locker room to practice and whatnot, same way interviews, very quiet guy. Um, But on the field, um, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's an absolute animal. Yeah, I definitely got that impression that he was the quiet guy. Just watching some of the interviews that the Saints have done with him, it's been difficult to to get him to to open up a little bit. But he's he's been smiling in the interviews that, that he's given. So it really seems like he's relishing this moment. Is that the impression that you've gotten? Yeah, I think so. And it's pretty cool that that he was picked up by a team that's only two hours down the road from where he played collegiately. So it's not a hard, uh, not a hard change for him. Mobile and New Orleans are very similar towns too. Um, a lot of French influence from both of them. Obviously, Mardi Gras between the two uh, the two cities. So Definitely. for him, it should be a pretty easy change. But I know that he's thrilled because. Like you said before, he knocked his pro day out of the park and kind of everyone before the pro day was thinking he might have a chance to get picked. He actually got hurt uh, in the second to last game of the season, didn't play his final game for us. He actually got hurt and we thought, okay, he might get picked. He might not. And we were kind of leaning towards he's probably not going to get picked. And so I know when he had his pro day, he opened a lot of eyes with his 40 time and especially his vertical. His vertical was almost 40. He really opened some eyes late in the game. And I think that's what got him the 255 spot with the Saints. And I know that 
he's thrilled to have just an opportunity to show what he can do. Absolutely. So you mentioned, right, that pro day. I had a guest on the show uh, in May, a prominent local draft analyst here, Mike Dettelier, who said he doesn't think Quan gets drafted without that pro day, where many people were there to see USA linebacker Riley Cole. But then Baker comes in and you mentioned the vertical, almost 40. The 40-yard dash was 441 broad jump 10 foot nine. So just talk about were people just totally awestruck and the buzz was building after that. And people started to say, okay, maybe he is going to have a real future. Yeah. I think, I think the pro day is what got him, uh, got him the draft spot. Yeah. He, he obviously had the production on the field. He had the injury and it kind of slowed him down. And when we were told that he was going to come back and participate in the draft day, all of us were kind of wondering, or the pro day rather, we were wondering, okay, how healthy is KB? How much can he give us in some some explosion and some vertical? And he blew it out of the water. And like you said, most people were here to see Riley Cole, who got a senior bowl invite, which is actually played at our home stadium. So mm-hmm. he got to stay. It was a big deal that Riley got to be in the senior bowl. Everyone was kind of expecting, okay, he's going to be the guy that gets picked for us. He's going to be our second ever draft pick as a program because we just started playing football in 2009. We haven't been around for a long time. So he's everyone was expecting Riley. It ends up being Kawan, which is great. And he gets to go to a place that, Honestly, I cannot think of a better spot for Kawan to land, not only from just being local, but also I really think he fits into that Saints offense that uses so many different weapons and utilizes them in different ways. Kawan's a guy that not only can catch the ball in space, he can make guys miss. He can also he can get on the jet sweep. I mean, in 2018, he had multiple. He had, he had nine rushing touchdowns in, in uh, 2018 alone. He can do a little bit of everything. His nickname actually here was Kawan Baker, the touchdown maker. So uh, hopefully he keeps that going in the, at the next level. Oh, my gosh. Kwan Baker, the touchdown maker. Hopefully we find him in the end zone a lot uh, here, here in New Orleans and as a saint. Oh, my goodness. Especially if he can score some touchdowns against the Atlanta Falcons that were his hometown team. Uh, he grew up in Atlanta. So it's time to trade in the Falcons gear for Saints gear in his family. Did he talk about how much his family were Falcons fans? He said that he's ready to for his family to wear black and gold now. But do you think that's going to be an issue at all? No, I don't think so. I think he is all in on the Saints now. Um, and what's funny is, yes, he's from Atlanta. He's very proud of that. <laughs> but I don't really remember him posting anything or saying anything pro Falcons. So I think it's a pretty easy change for him. And it's funny, you know, football isn't really his first sport. It's actually baseball. And so he grew up playing baseball and in high school, his dad and he recognized probably a better opportunity for him to play football somewhere. And so that's when he made the change. And I don't think, I think because of that, I don't think he's a huge Falcons guy, he might be more of a, a Braves guy, which is fine because mm-hmm. you know there's no conflict with New Orleans down there for that. So that's no. fine. 
<laughs> no, no, he, no, not at all. He will, I promise you, all allegiance by Kawan Baker to the Falcons in the past are completely gone. He is all in <laughs> black and gold. You'll never, ever see him wearing black, red, and white at the same time ever. <laughs> All right. That that definitely makes us comfortable. We, we like to hear that. So the South Alabama football program was definitely celebrating. You said, you, you mentioned you, y'all have only been in existence as a football program for 13 years, transitioned to the FBS in 2012. So, and, and Riley Cole, we should mention, did sign with the Chiefs as an undrafted free agent after the draft. So we, we, we are happy for him. So as we transition to talking about Quan in the NFL, the Saints have a history of developing late round receivers. We all think of Marcus Colston, who went number 252 overall in 06. You know, here's Baker going number 255. So very similar positions. And you know, Colston became the franchise all-time leader in receptions, yards, touchdowns, and there are even undrafted guys like Deontay Harris right now, who's such an asset on special teams. So is that an area where you see Baker maybe being able to step up and contribute early on special teams? I think so. And his whole time at South Alabama, he was a contributor on special teams, primarily kick return. Uh, that was how he really broke in and got some early playing time in 2017. He redshirted in 2016, wasn't even on the roster. He just redshirted, wasn't even listed as one of the 85 guys. Um, 17 comes in, primarily a kick return guy. And I think that's where he's very dangerous because he's fast. I mean, the, the 441 40 time is, is tremendous. But what's the best aspect of Kawan's game, I think, is what he can do after contact. He's not a, a speed guy, one of the smaller guys who gets hit and goes down quickly. He's going to bounce off of you. It's going to take three or four hits to bring him down. So if you can get Kawan in a little bit of space, give him a little bit of a cushion, and let him go, on the special team side, he can be really dangerous. He was our primary kick returner this past season and did some good things. If he can... <laughs> get a chance on the offensive side on, I think primarily in the slot is where he's going to do some really good work because he's so good at absorbing contact and going across the middle. I think that's where he'll really get hopefully an opportunity on the offensive side. I know it's going to be tough as a seventh round draft pick to, to break right in and, and get some offensive snaps. But I think, uh, I think like you were saying, I think special teams is where he can really really offer something to the Saints immediately. Immediately, right. Like you said, I mean, the Saints do have a crowded receiver room, but they, like we mentioned, have a history of developing that later round talent. So if he can get in there early and show his value on special teams, then maybe he could carve out a place for him to contribute at receiver. So... I love how you said he prides himself on breaking tackles, getting yards after contact. That is an excellent asset for for a receiver to to bring. As far as lining up in the slot versus lining up out wide, obviously the slot was where he got most of his reps at South Alabama. 
do you think he could make an adjustment? Sean Payton did seem to say he wanted to get him some work on the outside. Do you think he could learn that position if necessary? Yeah, I think so. He actually, he played a little bit outside at South. Um, not primarily, honestly, because we had a a three-headed monster at wide receiver of Jalen Tolbert, who's another guy that would probably get drafted next year, potentially even higher than Kawan. Another local kid, Jalen Wayne, those were your two outsides. And Kawan was in the slot because he's such an athletic guy. Like I was talking earlier, he could take jet sweeps. You You could keep teams honest by just bringing him in motion and giving you some some window dressing as the coaching staff says, just moving guys around and, and giving you something else to look at. But because of his, his athleticism, because he's so fast, because the guy can jump as high as he can with that 39 and a half foot vertical, he can do some things outside. Is he necessarily the, the prototypical six, three or taller guy that can just has the length that can reach over some guys? No, he's six, one, maybe six, one and a half, but he can get out in space. He can outrun some guys. And again, because of his ability to get away from the initial contact, I think that could play in his favor to figure out at the next level how to play on the outside. Okay. Yeah. Quanton says when he was asked who at the NFL level he might model his game off of, he mentioned somebody like Debo Samuel breaking tackles make making plays and you mentioned that the scoring touchdowns is what he is what he loves to do you know I, I'm gonna remember that when I see him in, in camp in the preseason Quan Baker the touchdown maker I love that so much <laughs> oh my gosh so he's got huge hands 10 inches but one thing that I heard is that he he might have a, some issues with dropped balls and that that would be something that we would need to to watch for can you tell us a little bit about that yeah yeah that's uh that has been an unfortunate crux for Kawan in his career and actually when when he was first brought in was on the scout team was red shirting we were told hey we've got this athletic kid at wide out from Atlanta that's pretty good he just needs to sure up his hands a little bit Mm-hmm. But like you said, he's got it's not because he's got small hands and it's just hard for him to grab the ball. He's got yeah. huge hands. Mm-hmm. It's just looking the ball in a couple of times. And you know, maybe he speeds himself up trying to think, all right, I'm gonna catch this ball and get away from this next guy coming right at me. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know, but I think it's something that's pretty correctable fairly easily for Kawan because he's got the measurements and because he's just got the pure raw talent. It's just concentration really for him. And I think that's something that can be pretty easily fixed. Oh yeah. With the reps and working with, working with the NFL coaches. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that once he gets in there and focuses and practices. And something too, we kind Mm -hmm. of had a revolving door of quarterbacks here. So he wasn't able to get on the kind of the same line with a guy consistently. And so obviously you're not going to have that at the pro level quite as often, not nearly as often as at the college level. So just working with the same people for an extended amount of time will even help that, I think, too. Yeah, that's another great point. The Saints will be working on their their own quarterback 
battle this uh, this off season for the first time in almost two decades. But we're that's that's for for another episode where we'll be talking about that. So, JT, this has been awesome. I've loved getting to getting the really the inside look at all of the Saints draft picks and talking to the the radio guys from these teams i've talked to a few a few of them you know from the university of houston top peyton turner for example it's just y'all y'all have such a unique perspective on these teams following them covering their home games their road games just just what is it like to to cover the the team's all throughout the season and really, really get to know the players on a personal, on a personal level and to celebrate moments like this with them. Yeah. I think that's the best part of my job um, is it's not only the the travel, but also to watch these guys stories unfold in front of you. You get to know a player for four or five, sometimes even six years. If they, you know, maybe they have a medical hardship and they get a, a sixth year of eligibility or like in this year with, with or last year with COVID, so many guys were granted another year. So it's pretty cool to be able to see a guy, especially like Kawan Baker, who we didn't really know anything about. He wasn't a super highly recruited guy out of high school. It was just, hey, we have this athletic guy from Atlanta that might do some good things down the road. And then in 2018, we had a new coaching staff and he just explodes. And we all kind of look around and like, who is this guy? And he continued to do better and better. His game even changed the longer he was in the program, which was really exciting too. Was just he went from kind of a, a do-all utility guy, and he really transformed himself into a true pro-body wide receiver at the end of his career. And obviously, it paid dividends getting drafted by the Saints. But just seeing guys develop personality-wise. Or even even in Kawan's case, too, you know, he got hurt the second to last game of the season. He dressed out for senior day and went out for the for the coin toss in full uniform. And all of us are thinking, there's no way Kawan's going back out there to play. And no, he wasn't. But he wanted to dress out with his seniors, with his guys, and go out there and wear the red, white, and blue one more time for the Jags. And I think that's I think that shows in a microcosm the kind of guy that Kawan Baker is. He's an unselfish guy. He's going to do everything he can to make the people around him better. I mean, his red shirt year, he didn't want to focus on, you know, I want to get my stats up. I want to do this. He said, no, I'm going to focus on route running because that's going to make me a better wide receiver in the future. That's the kind of guy that Kawan Baker is. He's going to do what he needs to do to not only help himself, but more importantly, to help the people around him get better. Wow, that unselfishness and preparing, you know, looking ahead to to his future. As we said at, at the beginning, he's not the most talkative person. He's super quiet, but letting his actions speak for him. And we, we hope that that serves him well at the next level. So JT, with that, let's get into our final segment on the show, the random round, just some quick questions to close out the pod. Uh, we're customizing it to each Saints player that we're highlighting. So first question, tell us about your most memorable moment covering Quan Baker. I think we just covered one, but can you think of any others? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, A game against ULM this past year, he scored three touchdowns. The first one was an 80-yard touchdown. 
The second one was a one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. The third one, he was he had a guy laying on top of him, and he was probably six inches from falling out of bounds. And you know, in college, you only need the one foot in. He dragged the foot, caught it on a little fade out of bounds for his third touchdown. That sticks out to me is as one of the the best performances that he had that I can remember. And also in the season opener in 2018, he took a jet sweep for a touchdown and all of a sudden, hold on, he can do that? Where did that come from? And he, as I mentioned earlier, he scored nine rushing touchdowns uh, his second second year on the field. So those are probably the, the two that stand out the most to me. Awesome. Yeah, we'll have to watch for that rushing ability to come here to the Saints. So what is something that he might need to improve upon before camp starts? It's probably the drops, like we talked mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah. The drops have been inconsistent. Obviously, obviously, you don't want drops at the next level or any level. No. But for him to consistently find an opportunity on the field, he's got to clean up the drops. Definitely. And what is a little known fact about South Alabama? Ooh, well, we are, as you mentioned, we are a very, very young uh, football program just starting in 2009. Uh, We were actually the quickest FBS program to go from no football to a bowl game from 2009 and making it to a bowl game in 2014. So that was kind of cool. Um, the thing that I always like to tell people about the program, we started 19 and 0 in our program history. We didn't lose a game through the first two and a half years of football. And our first loss was our first FBS opponent where we went on the road and lost in a very close game on the road at NC State. That is fascinating. And the fact that you just rattled that off just shows how <laughs> enmeshed you are. And I should mention off the, the that you are a graduate of South Alabama. So you are just enmeshed in this program. And I should commend you for rattling that off so fast. So well, thank you. Yes, yes. Cause because I did not share these questions with you beforehand. I never share the rapid fire no, questions with no. my guests. <laughs> I never share the rapid fire questions with my guests. So and nah, fi- it's fine. I, I love finally, it. yes. Tell us your final message for Quan as his NFL career begins. No, I wish Kwan the absolute best or KB as most people around the program call him. The the guy has done everything the right way. And as more accolades poured in, he stayed the same guy. So for for him, I guess my message to him would be keep being the same guy you were here over in New Orleans. What he did here and how he was here was what got him to New Orleans. So hopefully he continues that at the next level. Oh, JT, outstanding. We wish KB all the luck in the world and lots of touchdowns as well here in black and gold. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I hope to hear Kawan Baker, the touchdown maker, scream through the Superdome at some point. All right. Well, thank you so much again, JT. This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to Black and Gold Rush. Make sure to subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave a rating and review. Also, I'd love to connect more. Come say hey on Twitter or Instagram at RachelW504 and let me know what you thought of this episode. For show notes and more, 
head over to my website at rachelwjones.me. Until next time, who dat?